Hey, you're listening to Terrifying Travels. Join two girls as we discuss a true crime and a paranormal story in a new city every other-ish week. I'm Sabrina. And I'm Maddie. And today, where are we going, Maddie? Well, honey child, we're heading to my hometown, my home state of good old Mississippi, y'all. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> My over-the-top southern accent. Oh. No, you actually break my heart a little bit because you don't have that <laughs> Mississippi accent. <laughs> I get that so, so often. Oh and I'm going to have to talk to your mom about that. Yes. <laughs> See, and, and like, you know, I live abroad right now. And so when I speak English to people who don't speak English, they're like, oh, where in the UK are you from? <laughs> yeah. No, I got that as well. Or... Um, I started sounding southern there for a little bit. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, huh, I'm, not, I'm not, I'm not. I'm in love with the southern states, Tennessee and Mississippi to be specific, but um, no, I, I'm not, not at all. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yep. Uh, okay, so do you want to start with some weird facts about your state? Okay. All right, let's get started with some top 10 things to do in Mississippi. I have a little bit for everybody. So let's start with number 10, which is Stanton Hall. And this is for my architecture fanatics. This enormous plantation encompasses an entire city block in Natchez, Mississippi. It's built in the palatial Greek style, and it is a textbook example of the antebellum southern plantations in terms of architecture. So, just a beautiful, beautiful house down in Natchez, Mississippi. Um, and I have not been there. <laughs> and spoiler alert, I have only been to one place in the top 10 list. <laughs> I've made the plan to go there. I just haven't done it yet. Oh, nice. I ended up in China instead. I was going to do a road trip that did the whole, uh, the Blues Highway route, route 49, I think. Yes, yes. Chicago yes, yes. right down to New Orleans. I yep. went to China instead. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, coming in at number nine is the Institute for Marine Mammal Studies for our nature level lovers. Our, the IMMS is the premier standing organization in the Mississippi, Louisiana, Alabama region of the Gulf Coast with the capacity and expertise to care for sick and injured marine mammals and sea turtles. I love the, that. I know. It serves as an important educational resource for the Mississippi Gulf, Cor Gulf Coast, incorporating programs for conservation, education, and research in marine mammals, sea turtles, and their environment. So if you like turtles or marine mammals, go give it. Go Which give I it like up. both. Yeah. Yep, I had my tattoo out again last night. It's a turtle. Who wants to see my turtle? <laughs> nice. Actually, nice. for the first time, because the turtle is inside, is incorporated into the shark. For the first time, mm -hmm. someone actually recognized the turtle before the shark. Oh. So she's my new oh, best yeah. friend. Oh, I've been replaced. Sad. Absolutely, because you don't even remember his name was Bruce. His name is Bruce. I, I, I remember. <laughs> no, okay, okay. <laughs> Okay, and oh. third place. Yeah. In eighth place, we have Bouvrar. Oh, okay. Bro, It's French Bouvrar, I think. It's so just ignore half the letters. Yes. Oh, it's actually Bouvrar. 
Yeah. Uh, this is for the history buffs. This is the home of the ex-Confederate president of the Confederate States of America. That is Mr. Jefferson Davis, where he lived his last remaining 12 years uh, post-war and where he wrote the rise and fall of the Confederate government. So if you are a Civil War history person, might be a good place for you to visit, although I have no intentions to personally. <laughs> I barely understood half the words that came out of your mouth. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) As someone getting a history degree, I'm putting it together and I'm like, okay, I think I remember which ones this this is. Yep. Okay. Hmm. (laughs) Number seven is the Natchez Trace Parkway for our road trippers. This is 444 mile parkway follows a Native American footpath from Natchez, Mississippi to Nashville, Tennessee. This is a historical corridor that bisects the nations of the Natchez, Choctaw, and Chickasaw indigenous people. Be a long walk. Be a long walk. Long, <laughs> long walk. Very it's not what I'm supposed to be thinking of, but it's like a eh, footpath. That's a long walk. Yeah. They're probably yes. beautiful. Probably oh, I'm sure. gonna get bitten by a couple bugs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yes. Yes. So many bugs. Ooh. <laughs> Number six is the Elvis Presley Birthplace and Museum. I have been there. Oh, see, so you have been there. I have not. <laughs> I would actually, um, I don't want to um, advertise it too much because I don't want them to ruin it, but I would go there before I'd go back to Graceland. Oh. Graceland is an Elvis Presley Walmart. <laughs> um, but, and I can't even pronounce it. It's Tupelo? Tupelo, yeah. Tupelo. Tupelo is very authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they had, they had like plaques of his story and stuff like that. It was really nice. And the people there are incredible too, because getting there was really hard because there's East Tupelo, West Tupelo, and Tupelo Tupelo. Yes. Yes. And yes, yes. an old lady fed me fries while she explained to my dad how to get there. Oh. I, I, I didn't want the fries, but I didn't really feel like she was going to take no. That's Southern hospitality. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Oh my gosh, you guys are so friendly. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, so as the title suggests, this is where Everest was born in Tupelo, Mississippi, and you can see a lot of artifacts from his childhood as well while you're there. Yeah. Uh, Number five, the Beau Rivage Casino for our gamblers. Uh, this Gulf Coast casino resorts offers the whole package, accommodations, dining, gaming, shopping, charter boat fishing, access to 19 golf courses, and big name acts for nighttime entertainment. And fun fact, Mississippi is really known for their casinos, with casinos on the Mississippi River in Tunica and the Pearl River casinos in Philadelphia, Mississippi. I had no idea about that. Yeah, it's a big gambling state for sure i mean that makes Uh, sense yeah yeah i'd say most of like the money we get from the state comes from uh the casinos wow yeah (laughs) see and i i went specifically for the music so i didn't even know like i never came across the word casino at all when i was there oh yeah (laughs) yeah i was also in clarksdale which Mm. probably isn't uh gonna have a casino anytime soon no very small small town yeah it's good it's getting bigger though it's growing slowly 
Well, really I think is. if they really capitalize on the fact that, you know, blues kind of really, well, you'll be discussing that today, won't you? Yes. <laughs> that, that's <laughs> well, why I know it. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Number four is Longwood, which is, again, for our Civil War buffs. Construction on this architectural gem, the largest octagonal house in the U.S., began in 1860, but it was interrupted by the onset of the war. A National Historic Landmark, the still unfinished mansion is an enduring symbol of the impact of the Civil War. So if you want to go see a really big octagonal house that never got finished, go check out Longwood. Wow, that was great advertisement for it. Yeah. <laughs> Big, weird shapes, not done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, I hate when I see those octagonal houses, though. Or, like, my fr my mom's friends, they had an igloo house. They thought oh. it'd be funny because they're Canadian and they lived in the Caribbean, so they made a little... I think it was one of those prefab igloo houses. And it just... It, the way my brain works, it's like, why your couch can't go against the wall now? <laughs> It's I, I've built so many octagonal houses in The Sims, and I'm like, where does the furniture go? And it's, yeah. the answer is in the middle of the room. And I'm like, and where is, do I put a bathroom? They put their couch kind of as like a room divider in the middle, and it's like, it works. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. it's just kind of, ah. Yeah, it's kind of like, mm, weird. <laughs> their house was so cute, though. Oh, that's cute. That's cute. That's cute. Number three, I have actually been to. So number three is Horseshoe Casino in Tunica, Mississippi, and surprise, surprise, another casino on our list. Uh, you can try your luck and be entertained at this grand resort casino offering more than 1,596 slot machines, exciting table games, plus many restaurants and entertainment venues. I have been to this casino multiple times because it is an hour away from my house. And this is one of my mom's favorite casinos to go to. So, hi, mom. I hope you're <laughs> listening. <laughs> yeah. Hi, so, mom. Horse hi, mom. <laughs> Horseshoe's a good time. Okay. Fair. Yeah. See, I just, I've never been to a casino. And the one time, the first time I ever went, well, the only time I ever went to Chuck E. Cheese, I learned I'm not meant to be at casinos. Oh. <laughs> I, I used all of a six-year-old's coins well i mean you're kind of supposed to to get all the <laughs> tickets <laughs> well i'm not supposed to use a six-year-old's coins um he seemed okay with it though oh <laughs> i've never been to anything like that it was so much fun but after like half an hour my mom and i yeah my mom was there too we were both two grown women we stood up and we were like oh shit we uh okay so this is how addictions start Oh, yes, 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 absolutely, absolutely. So our top two for Mississippi have the same theme. Sabrina, what do you think that theme is? Music. Mm, final answer? Yes, just because that's my final answer. Either that or oh. Civil War. Okay, let's see. Number two is the USS Cairo Museum, again for our Civil War buffs. On your visit to the military park, make sure to stop and view the USS Cairo among the first American ironclad warships commissioned at the beginning of the Civil War. This gunboat was sung by the Confederates during the Siege of Vicksburg, but was retrieved from the river 100 years later 
along with many Civil War artifacts which are on display in the museum. The ship is available for viewing as it is outside and under a protective cover for those who can't fit, uh, venture to Vicksburg. There's a virtual tour of it on the NPS website. That's actually really cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I now, saw pictures of it. It was this, really cool. Yeah, this mm -hmm. is all in the Mississippi River? Yeah, so um, Vicksburg, the city, is right on the river. So Okay. Yeah. See, as a, as an ocean person, it just kind of blows my mind that battles were fought in a river. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, the Mississippi River is, like, incredibly deep. Like, oh, okay. And it's very fast. Um, yep. Uh, if you try, you like, you can't swim in the river because no. you'll get pulled under and get pulled out to sea. Yes, I have done a river cruise, and I really enjoyed watching, again, I'm a water person, I love the water, and I really did enjoy watching how fast the water was moving, because it was using the, um, well, it was a river boat, so it had the weird propeller thingy. Yes. That was yes. really cool to watch. But yeah, yeah. We, they had, to, uh, when we turned back around, they had to put the engines on to start moving. Yes, 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 yes. And then also, there are bull sharks in the Mississippi River. Really? Well, I didn't know that. Yeah, so oh. if the river doesn't pull you under, the bull sharks will get you. Well, as someone who's messed around with bull sharks, they're not that bad. <laughs> My dad has a story. He was, when you go scuba diving, you go out of the boat back first. You just roll off the boat. Mm. And he rolled off the boat and he just wasn't going into the water. He couldn't figure out why he wasn't sinking into the water. And he managed to kind of throw himself over. A bull shark had been sunbathing. <gasps> and he oh. had just rolled on top of the bull shark and was just hanging out on his back. Oh, 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 oh. But, I don't do sharks. Oh, I don't see, do sharks. <laughs> no, and I know not everyone has my experiences, but I just, I grew up with sharks. I was always taught that as long as you, they're like dogs. If you kick right. a dog, he's going to bite you back. If you just kind of live peacefully with the dog, the dog will be fine. In the end, we are in their home. True. true, true barracudas, true. though. I don't play with barracudas. Oh, no, 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 no. Because they're blind, so they got to get up and close to figure out what you are, and by the time they're up and close, they feel threatened. Oh. Yeah. Ugh. So that is really cool. I didn't. I can't wait to tell my dad there's bull sharks in the Mississippi River. Yes. So yes. it's not, it's not, well, are bull sharks freshwater fish? I think they can be, I think there's like two species. One's probably saltwater and one's probably freshwater. That would make sense. Or unless they can, I've, I'm sure some fish can adjust. Oh, yeah, yeah. And especially if, along the gulf, there's probably the brackish water there, which is like the mix of the two. Well, I was going to say that too, because the Mississippi eventually meets the, the oceans. So, yeah, 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 yeah. So. That's cool. Yeah. All right. Our number one thing to do in Mississippi is the Vicksburg National Military Park. And the Civil War buffs win this top 10 with taking four spots. Uh, this 1,800 acres of a now peaceful countryside, this park was once the scene of the bloody 47-day Civil War battle of the Battle of Vicksburg. Here is a review of our number one from TripAdvisor. What a beautiful national park this is. It is easy to drive through, stopping as you go to observe dozens of monuments, artillery, and the bluffs and hills of this historic battlefield. Don't miss going to see the USS Cairo and the museum with artifacts that were found over 100 years after it sunk there. Great gift shop, too. 
And there's the I, top team things to do in Mississippi. I actually would go visit that ship, though. That does sound really interesting. Right, right. I mean, of course, it's named the USS Cairo, so that makes it sound like a little bit more interesting as well. They chose that name very well. But it, I think it'd be interesting to see a ship that went down and stayed there for 100 years and then came back up, especially because it would have been, well, when did they bring it up? That would have been a while ago. Um, if it's 100 years later, the Civil War was the 1800s, so... Yeah, so it's an almost a 200-year-old ship. 1950s, they maybe brought it up? Yes, that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah. am going to rewrite your list. I'm going to make music win. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is so much to do in Mississippi when it comes there's, to music. There's so much. There's so, so much. And and honestly, I was kind of surprised that there was so much to do in Mississippi in general as someone living there. Because I always say, oh, there's nothing to do here. And it's like, oh, no, we actually have a lot of things going on and a lot of history and stuff, meanwhile I'm so. here like aggressively making trip advisor lists of things to do in Mississippi <laughs> yes it's fine yes. we could just switch okay <laughs> yes, my name exactly. is Madison <laughs> and I'm Sabrina now, if you leave me there for five minutes I'll pick up the accent better than you did probably probably <laughs> okay would you like to know some weird laws about your state I'm so ready so, okay so ready. actually a lot of these actually kind of remind it. We've discussed that before. You and I have some similar things that we do that our cultures are similar. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Like we both repeat repeat a word twice for emphasis. Yes. Well, yes, we yes. both could be fined a hundred dollars for swearing in public. Oh man. <laughs> Although. Oh. Yeah. So you better be careful, Maddie. Okay. Yes, yes. I, I loved, honestly, I think Mississippi had some of the best weird laws I've met so far. I'm not surprised, because while we're full of history and everything, we're also a very deep red state and a very religious state. So I'm going to expect things about, like, God or religion to come up or, like, some something weird going on. Well, did you know you can teach polygamy 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 you idiot Mm -hmm. polygamy um sorry let me start over if you teach polygamy you could be fined between 25 to 500 dollars or spend more than one month in prison or both one month to six months in prison or both there there's the religion aspect yeah yeah. there's the religion law there it is teach it so like don't even talk it doesn't say anything about doing it uh, but don't teach it. Oh, so that's why I never learned about Mormons in school. Yep, yep, you can't learn about that, those Mormons. That checks out. <laughs> well, additionally, you can't have more than one illegit- illegitimate child. Oh, oh, that law has been broken so many times. You can only have one. After that, you gotta marry her. <laughs> I, I assume this is not very well enforced. It, it did. I can't imagine. These are. I always think these are things that were done like 200 years ago and nobody took them off the books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, there's another religion law. Yeah, not also just, I love how it's, one is okay. One is fine, not, two is not. Yeah, no, two, that's when you're, wow, you guys just having a lot of premarital sex. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You can only do it once one one time is a mistake two times it's on purpose yeah now you're trying to do something here (laughs) 
Okay, and this one must be for uh, towns that are touristy, so maybe those casino towns. Visible external security bars are illegal on businesses in some towns. Oh. I assume it, it doesn't look good. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. You cannot live with your significant other if you aren't married. Three for three on religion. Come on now, I called this. like. Well, number six, adultery is illegal. Like, I just thought that was a thing, but... Yeah. Or I didn't even know it was illegal illegal. I just thought that was a thing you shouldn't be doing, but apparently it is illegal. It's illegal in the city. Which, which honestly, yeah, go for it. Get that cheating bastard. <laughs> yes. However... Seducing a woman by falsely claiming to marry her is illegal. <laughs> All of these have to do with relationships and, like, marriage and everything. And I'm just like, Mississippi, why do you care? Why, why do you care? Ah. Well, the funny thing is, is, like, when I wrote this, which is, this is crazy that this has happened this quick. When I wrote this, I thought, what woman is going to be like, well, he said he'll marry me. Might as well have sex with him now. Until I actually heard of a guy who, he did that. Like, we're going to get married anyway, so, like, let's do it. And then they oh, broke yeah. up, so. Oh. Thank, thank God they didn't do it. Right, right, right. She right. was waiting for that, and, just, yeah, so apparently that is still a law we need. Apparently. Ugh. It is not, it is not illegal to kill your servant. I'm going to go with that is a very old law that has very, not been touched. I, I, yeah, yeah, that, that's like the only, yeah. I yep. assume you cannot kill your housekeeper right now. <laughs> I, sorry, I assume, I mean, I hope you can't kill your housekeeper <laughs> right. right now. We do not encourage that. Right, 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 right. Okay, you cannot house your horse less than 50 feet from the road. Less? Okay, that makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. Because yeah, guess... you, you, you don't want anyone to hit the horse. <laughs> True. I mean, I assume you get a fence. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Tyler Town, you cannot shave in the center of Main Street. <laughs> so I don't know who uh -oh. is in Main Street shaving in Tyler Town, but don't do it. <laughs> are you Are you dying? Did you die? Maddie, are you dead? I'm not dead. I just had a coughing fit. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I have my water here, but there's, there's a tickle in my throat. Okay, no, I get you. I get you. Do you want to pause and go get some water? Oh, you have water. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. You can keep going. Okay. In Columbus, the fine for shooting a gun in public is less than the fine for waving the gun in public. <laughs> of course it is. Of course. Of course, 100%. Uh, <laughs> yep, okie dokie. Walking a dog without putting it in diapers is illegal in temperance. Wait, so the dog has to be in diapers if you're walking it outside? Yes. Hmm. I'm gonna, I, again, I'm going to go with somebody just let their dog shit all over the street too many times, and they were like, forget it, all dogs need diapers now. Especially if it's intemperance. Specifically intemperance, yep. Okay, now this is for my people in Oxford. 
in Oxford, it is illegal to cheer with out of reason. So if you get excited, you better have a reason for it. That 100% checks out. Because let me tell you, Ole Miss fans, Ole Miss friends are crazy. Ole Miss fans are so insane. They had, um, there was one time they were doing this game against Mississippi State, and they won. And they tore down the goalpost and, like, stormed the field and, like, everything. And Katy Perry was there. And it, it was a crazy, like, weekend. So, like, that checks out and that makes sense because of old Miss fans. Like, absolutely. You know what? I never put all of that together. But even I've heard of old Miss being a little extra. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. 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 Hotty, toddy, gosh almighty, who the hell are we? Woo! Okie dokie. <laughs> but don't don't cheer. Just don't yeah. do that, okay? Yes. Uh do it calmly. Go, whoa. Whoa, good yeah. job. Yay. Okay. Also in Oxford, it is illegal to drive around the town square a hundred times in a row. Hmm. I'm gonna go hmm. with maybe after a game, some drunk college kids oh. did it. Probably, yeah. Because I can't think of any other reason you would do anything a hundred times in a row, frankly. Yeah, yeah, that, yep, that checks out. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, and the last one is my brother's favorite. In Hazelhurst, it is illegal to go fishing with an Uzi. Oh, with an, <laughs> with an Uzi. <laughs> um, We're actually going to yeah. talk about Hazelhurst later. Okay. Um, yeah. Did someone go fishing with an Uzi? Or are you going to tell me? Oh, no, I'm the crime one. I'm the crime one. Well, maybe you, they became you, ghosts after that. I can't you see tell me. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Now, uh, some quick facts. I'm going to go through them a little bit faster. Okay. Um, at some point, Teddy Roosevelt was in Mississippi, and he refused to kill a trapped bear. After hearing about this, a candy shop owner invented a stuffed bear toy and named it Teddy Bear. Oh. So you guys gave us teddy bears. Mississippi University for Women was the first women's college in the United States. Oh. Yes. Nice. Coca-Cola was first bottled in Vicksburg. Mm, mm Mm-hmm. And root beer was also invented in Biloxi? Biloxi. Biloxi. Okay. Because Biloxi sounds like a cleaning detergent. (laughs) Yeah. Biloxi, Mississippi. Okay, and this one surprised me. Uh, Mississippi has the world's only cactus plantation. Mm. Which I just never thought of cactuses in Mississippi or just simply needing a plantation for them. Yeah, same. Okay, Maddie, what is your state's official drink? Oh, 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 drink, drink, oh, oh, sarsaparilla. (laughs) No. Oh. I would have went with, like, I, I assume you have a reason for saying that. I would have thought Coke or root beer since it came from there, but it is milk. Milk? Yes. Milk? Yep. I can't dang. tell you anything more than that. Dang, dang. Okay, the University of Mississippi is the only federally funded institute researching the effects of marijuana. Oh, oh. Yeah. That's interesting. That's interesting because um, the last presidential election, we also had to vote on whether to make medical marijuana legal in Mississippi, and 75% mm-hmm. of people said yes, and then the, gov- the governor shut it down and vetoed it. That's not how democracy works, but okay. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Um, 
Jim Henson of Muppet fame was born in Greenville. Yes, I knew that. And I'm quite certain Greenville's going to come up in a couple of your stories as well. Uh, I don't think so. Okay, because there were a couple musicians uh, who were born or died there. Oh. In fact, it's possible Robert Johnson is buried there. Oh. But there's like three... There's like three locations that I hate that I, I know your story so well. I'm dying to get into it. Okay, so the last one is actually could be one of your stories. In the 40s, a town had, oh, no, this is mine. Uh, a town had a phantom barber. Someone was breaking into homes and stealing clippings of their of people's hair. William Dolan was arrested and charged with attempted murder after sent, after serving 10 years. He passed the lie detector test and was set free. Oh. Mm. So I don't know where the charge with attempted murder comes in. Like he's yeah. Like, However, I know if someone cut my hair, I'd be charged with attempted murder. Uh, <laughs> so you know what? I would I could charge him for that too. If you cut my hair, you're trying to kill me. Mm. Mm. But in the forties, who knows? He probably broke into the wrong person's home, and they decided that was. And I can't imagine waking up one day and seeing a man sitting over you with scissors. That would be my first assumption, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it wasn't him. Oh, wasn't him. Yeah. So the barber's still potentially out there. Yep, it must have been Shaggy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay. Good facts. Good facts. Yeah, I think Mississippi was pretty interesting so far. Okay, so for the nice change, I actually have a true crime story, and I read a whole book for it, and the book was really good, but it was extremely detailed, which you would want if you were reading about the case, but it was a little too detailed. I think they just took the court transcripts for parts of it and just put it in the book. Oh. Um, so that's where I got most of my information from. The writer, I think, was from that town, and it is an older book as well, so a lot of people from the case, from the case or who knew the case uh, relative, rather closely were still alive that he got to talk to. Oh. So for this case, we are going back to the early 1900s. We are discussing the story of Daisy and Eloise, nope, Daisy and Weta Keaton in... Oh. Oh my god, how many times did I write the name and I don't know where they're from? That's fine. We'll get there. Yeah, Laurel. Okay. So Daisy Keaton moved to Laurel in 1913, a few years after her husband's mysterious death when he was hit by a train. Many in McNeil, the town they were living in, thought it may have been suicide as he had six life insurance policies, which were all about to pay out well, and he had only had most of them for about a year. Oh. Yes. And this left his 29-year-old wife a millionaire. And when one company refused to pay out after the questions surrounding his death started popping up, she sued. And she won. And that is kind of going to be how Daisy Keaton continues on in life. She has no issues bringing a court into any issues she has. So Daisy had four children. Maude was the oldest. She was born in 1897, which is 100 years before I was. Uh, when Maude was 20, she married David McRae and moved out of his mother's her mother's house, or 
out of her mother's control, as the book put it. If there was more to the story, I didn't see anything about it, but apparently that was enough to cause quite the feud between her and her mother. Um, I'm under the impression Daisy liked control. Mm-hmm. And so Maud marrying a man and moving out of the house was literally her breaking the control. Mm-hmm. And for the last three years of Daisy's life, a week, uh, Maud and her family did not enter that house. Oh. And that was about a decade after she moved out. So... Like, it wasn't an abrupt, I'm not coming back. Something had been brewing for 10 years. Oh. Yes. And then we have Juanita, or Uida, as she's called for most of her life. She will be with the star of the show. She was born March 26th, uh, possibly in 1899. But birth certificates were not officially used in Mississippi until 1912. And frankly, the Keaton woman kind of liked to change their birth year for whatever suited them. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not ready to be 26 yet, so I am now born in 1998. <laughs> yep, and that actually seems to be how they did it. Mm. And then we had Earl Keaton, who went by John Earl, but we're just going to call him Earl. Mm. Um, his brother, his original, he had an older brother named John who died, and he took his brother's name. Oh, which is okay. strange, but whatever. So we're going to call him Earl. He was born in 1902. Throughout his life, Earl would find himself in various levels of trouble, trouble ranging from vandalism to sexual assault and murder, but he always got off. Oh. Yeah. It just, every time, and there was a lot of, he, and it wasn't, you know, for lack of a better word, nobodies that he was fighting in bars. He would fight, mm-hmm. like, the district attorney's son. Oh. And he'd get off. Oh, so he he just had like charisma level one hundred that like yeah, got him out of just mad luck where something would happen and the case the case be dropped. Hmm. Okay. Okay, and then we have Eloise. I think I kind of like Eloise. She's a bit of an interesting character. She's the youngest. She was born in nineteen oh seven. When she was thirteen, however, Daisy petitioned to have her own daughter emancipated and given an adult status. Oh, at thirteen. At 13. And we don't have any reasons why. However, a few years later, once um, Eloise was 18, she married a man working for the carnival and moved to Chicago with him. Daisy then decided she wanted her daughter back, so she told the cops that Eloise was kidnapped and needed to be rescued. Plenty of legal proceedings went on after this as Daisy tried to punish Eloise's husband, but the court found the marriage legal as Eloise was 18 at the time so the husband sued back and this is going to come into play a few times because the husband not only sued Daisy but sued everyone who had been fighting against him oh including multiple characters who are going to come up throughout the story okay yes so the marriage didn't last Mm, of course Uh, Robinson, the husband, ended up dropping the suit, but as a precaution, Daisy transferred everything she owned and had in the bank account to Oida. Robinson had the right to resume the lawsuit for the next seven years, so until 1932, Daisy thought it was best for Oida to keep everything. So, Mm. you know, he can come back and sue Daisy, and Daisy can simply say, I don't have anything. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
which is interesting because originally he was suing everyone, including Oida. So I'm going to go with the court must have at some point said that doesn't make sense, but you can sue the mother. Yeah. 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 Because suing people that helped them. Yes, they assisted, but they were, that'd be like suing the guy's lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be like, mm, it's like, you can only, I guess at that time, sue the head of the family, maybe. Instead of um, everyone in the family, just the matriarch or the patriarch. That would, that would make sense. Um, yeah. I, but I think, like, he did. He sued her lawyer as well. Oh. Or, like, a family friend who was giving counsel. So oh. I'm going to go with more, like, the court just said, you can't. But she's the one who started this. You can sue her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Oida was by far the closest to her mother. They did everything together. Even when she left to study for a few months, she only left the town for day trips. Like, they lived close enough for her she'd take the train back and forth. Oh. During the summer, she got a job as a secretary for W.M. Carter. And Carter's going to come up. So we now have met our three main characters, Daisy, Oida, and Carter. Got it. Carter was a respected businessman, a fair amount older than her. Uida was good enough at her job that other job opportunities started come her, to come her way, to which Carter responded by raising her salary, like, up to, like, four times the original amount. Oh. And she continued working for him for 12 years. Mm-hmm. So, Maddie, can you guess where this is going? Something's going to happen to either the daughter or to Carter. Uh. Well, they'll happen to each other. Of course, a relationship developed. Uh. (laughs) Ah. So Carter was married with a family of his own, so they kept it a secret. He even went so far as to paint his interior office windows so that nobody could see into the office. (laughs) That's dedication right there. Yeah, just, and, like, I can't imagine being, like, the other secretary or something and being, like, that's so weird. Why does he have to paint the, like, I can never guess why he's painting his office windows. Right, or the wife comes to visit at work and is, like, honey, why are your windows painted? And it's, like. "Mm." You know, some pervy man would be, like, so that I could spend special time with you when you come over to visit. Oh, yeah. He would make it work. He would make it work. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And obviously they did. It's actually kind of wild. Um, Carter and Weta met mostly under her mother's unwitting supervision. Like they'd actually meet at their house. And at the time, the main sitting room was actually in Daisy's room. So they would meet and have tea and chat for hours in Daisy's bedroom. Wow. Yeah. It's actually possible that Daisy thought she was the one that he was interested in being that they were closer in age mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so she was just allowing her daughter to join her on these chats with carter but it was actually her carter was interested in oh, gotcha. carter even brought his wife over on occasion to really break up any suspicion people could have jesus christ yes jesus christ Okay, like, this also just sounds like an orgy's happening, like, all the time. <laughs> Honestly, like, that's, like, at some point in the in the court proceedings, they bring up, like, they, the two of them are determined they never had sexual relations. Mm-hmm. But it's like, okay, but then they met out of town once. I didn't go into that because it was just, there was a lot going on. But at some point, they did yeah. meet in New Orleans together. They shared a hotel room, but apparently they never touched each other. And it's like, well, that's bullshit. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, in your painting your windows. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like, I guess you two could be having some really suggestive eyebrow wiggling that people would <laughs> catch on to. But I'm going to go with, like, you had to have been touching or doing something that you didn't want people mm-hmm. to see. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So the couple seemed content with slipping each other notes and sneaking kisses when Daisy left the room. Um, please remember that this man is not only married, but also a fair amount older than Ouida, who had lost her father at a young age. And she really did think this was her first love. I'm going to go with she kind of found a replacement. Mm-hmm. Like, not intentionally, mm-hmm. but dad's dead. This guy's the same age as my dad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and for Carter, this was not his first forbidden romance. Of course not. And if you were already not feeling this, man, wait. Oh, so, God. <laughs> and I just, this is so sleazy. Uh, Carter's daughter, Mary Lou, was not well in life. She needed a, lear- a nurse to be with her. Um, this nurse was Harriet Adams, who will be a witness in the future, who Carter started a relationship with even after his daughter died. Ew. Just, yeah. Just, uh, uh, oh, God. Like, I'm sure you could look at it as maybe he looked at her as trying to help his daughter, but it's just, I, no, and your daughter's dead now. You don't want to be mm-hmm. horny then. Like, that's not the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, and this uh, relationship might have actually did go on while he was romancing Ouida, and the bo- and they, they bo- both girls knew about each other. So... Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, so, so like, like he was married and he, he not only had one other woman, woman, he had multiple other women. Yes. Yep. Yeah. 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 Ew. Just, uh, yep. I, how do you have the time? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, exactly. I, I guess, I guess for him, like the nurse would have lived in the house, which I got to say that's skills. Yeah, keeping those, yeah. and that's that's also where you gotta accept that you know the wife knew. Yeah, it was the thirties. Oh. The wife knew, and she just went with it. Oh, bless her. Um, she also died relatively young in life too. So mm. that that I have no idea why that could have been for multiple reasons. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know why. After I think he really enjoyed having secrets though, because after his wife died, he kept he still kept both women a secret. Wow. Although it would have looked pretty shady to come out and been like, yeah, my wife just just died, and I just started dating the nurse. I was not doing this prior. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, his wife died, and he didn't date anyone for a couple of years, so I think some men just like the secret. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in 1932, the Great Depression took its toll on Carter's business, and we didn't need it to leave. Also at this time, uh, people started noticing some weird changes in her behavior. Well, usually very reserved, but she would now start just simply spacing out and wandering around aimlessly. She became very focused on her appearance, uh, and this was brought up way too often in the court case. Mm. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give it, I wouldn't think it was too weird that she was concerned about her appearance, given that you know the time, and mm-hmm. that she was thirty and unmarried. Mm-hmm. But they brought up the fact that she had a reducing machine in her bedroom. Uh, uh, a, a reducing? I actually, int- I wanted to look that up before I started this, and I completely forgot, so let's see what a reducing machine is. 
if I if I if I would take a what guess, what the hell? Oh my god, it's the weirdest stuff. It's is it sexual in nature? Nope. It no. is. I actually, I love this. No, it's reducing as in like reducing your body weight. Oh. It is, and I've even seen this one. It is. I'll take a picture and I'll send it. I'll add it to everything. Oh, the people okay. on Instagram when they'll have no idea. This is so out of context when they see this photo. <laughs> but it is the one that has two bands that go around, one around your waist, one around your lower mid lower bum, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it shakes the weight away. Oh. I just sent it to you in a text. Yeah. She looks so happy. She is not happy. <laughs> God, and she's working out in little kitten heels. Oh, sweetie, you're so cute. Oh. <laughs> oh. So, Awita oh. had one of those in her room, mm-hmm. and that was brought up a lot. Mm. I would just, I'd love to go back in the 30s and be like, yeah, I go to the gym every day. I yeah. must be a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> and her weight had been fluctuating a lot. Um, to quote the book, her pleasing plumpness turned to fat. Yeah, pleasing plumpness, disgusting, disgusting. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and, and it wouldn't have been called this at the time, but Oida had developed eating disorders. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I think there's a lot going on there. Like, yeah, sure, she is. She's thirty and unmarried. She lives with her mom, who's very controlling, and we all know that that often goes together. You just need some type of control. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I could come up with a lot of reasons for a lot of the above, uh, but she was also purchasing baby clothes and she wasn't pregnant. Mm. Like at some point in the investigation, they find a drawer full of baby clothes. Mm. Mm. Yes. Mm. So yeah, there's, there's something going on. Mm-hmm. Um, Daisy and Oida decided that they would open a hotel in New Orleans, even though they have absolutely no experience with hotels. Um, And that Oida should go to business school in Washington, D.C. So for the first time in her life, Oida actually left her mother's side. And when she came home uh, for Christmas break, she had really surprising news. She was engaged. Oh. Yes. To whom, you might ask? Mr. Grace. And that's all we know. Mm. He gave absolutely no more information about this. Mm. Mm. Um, so, however, Daisy, being the ever-caring mother, chalked up all her strange uh, behavior to love sickness and separation anxiety. Um, yep, of course. Of course. Of course. It's questionable if Mr. Grace actually existed. No one met him, and the few gift cards that were sent, they're fairly certain we'd actually sent it, sent them to herself. Oh, that's yes. sad. Uh, the writer of the book did some research, and while there could have been a Mr. Grace that we'd have met in Washington, he was married, and not likely to marry her. That doesn't mean it couldn't have been, like, a false promise, mm-hmm. uh, which, is, which is absolutely illegal in Mississippi, but I don't know about D.C. <laughs> <laughs> True. True. It just, it also seems like she just really likes married men, maybe. She has a possibly, type. I mean, that is entirely possible. And, you know, we've all heard, you know, I'm leaving my wife soon. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, additionally, he was supposed to invest some money for her that was never found, so he could have been a scammer or a cheater. Mm. 
He took the money, said, of course, babe, I love you. I'm going to invest this. And now he's elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think people are more on the side of grace never existed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. And I actually have the word breathe in here to remind myself to do that real quick. So on Monday, now we get to the fun part. On Monday, January 21st, um, it was raining all day. So when there was a lull in the rain, a farmer named Dan Evans took his dogs for a walk. The dogs were fixated on a patch of snow where Dan discovered a pair of severed legs. Yes. The legs were just the portion from the hips to the knees. They were not attached to each other, but they were bundled together. That night, there was a heavy snowfall. Had the dogs not found the legs that day, they probably would not have been found until spring. One of the legs had enough of the torso for for the doctors to get an idea of who it could possibly be. They said that they belonged to a woman between 35 to 40 years old who weighed around 190 pounds and had given birth at some point in her life. Additionally, she had fair skin and blonde hair. The legs had been wrapped in an old sugar sack. Okay. Sugar sack and white fabric, suggesting maybe bootleggers had been involved as sugar is used in rum production. Mm, mm. Back at the Keaton home, however, Awita kept the fire on all night long, and the neighbors complained that there was a terrible smell in the area. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. yes. Oh. By Wednesday, the rumor mill was active. There had already been an unnamed woman who people thought it was her. She had been seen since Thursday. However, she actually did show up, and she was surprised that people thought she was dead. <laughs> she just left. She went on a little holiday real quick, and she's like, no. She probably left a note for her husband, who he never noticed. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay, so Will Saul, a farmer near the legs, near where the legs had been found, came forward as a possible witness. On Monday morning, he noticed a lone woman driving a small maroon car with a bundle beside her. He said that she'd been driving quickly until he saw his house, and she quickly turned around and left. She headed north towards the crime scene. This was followed with, only a woman would have wrapped the thighs in such a careful manner. Ooh. Yep. Ooh. Although the part that really got me is, how would people have noticed if she had the bundle on the seat beside her? How would you see that through the window from a distance? Yeah. Uh, 1930s, right? Yeah, and the windows didn't come that low. Hmm. Like, it'd be the same, basically, as seeing someone's lap while you're driving. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, the fact that it's severed thighs and, like, hips is, like, throwing me for a loop. It's, like, freaking me out, man. <laughs> because, like, I... So, your femur bone is your biggest bone. Yeah. And if they were burning the body, the femur would take the longest. So maybe yeah. that's why they threw it out. But oh, okay, continue. Sorry. No, I, I think you're. I think you're onto it. That was the part that they just couldn't get rid of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the head prosecutor prosecutor noticed that the cuts to the limb were even and clean, and whoever had done this had a bit of a butchering skill. Ooh. Yeah. So that started. That all started on Monday. Now we're at Friday the 25th. Suspicion was rising. Daisy's absence had been noticed. The police went to, to the Keaton residence. The chief asked Awita if he could speak to her mother, but unfortunately, Daisy was in New Orleans visiting Eloise, who had moved there. Oh. Yes. They stayed for a bit and spoke to Awita. The house smelt freshly deep cleaned. Mm. 
They asked about her car, a small maroon car. They inspected the car, and there was mud on the fenders, which I kind of think whatever. Sometimes cop police pick up on things that I just never would have. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because pretty sure there's a lot of mud in Mississippi. Yes. Yes. Um, especially if it had been raining. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, this was enough to ask her to come into the police station, though. Mm. And then that same day, another witness had come forward. So WP Duckworth, um, he had been called by Oida on Monday th- on that Monday morning because her car had gotten stuck in the mud near the crime scene. Oh, yeah. He oh. was a mechanic she knew who could come get it and bring it back to town. Mm. Mm. I spent most of this book just going, girl. There were so many better ways you could have done this. <laughs> It's like, girl, I need you to think smarter, not harder. <laughs> like, oh God, like you really just gonna be. The car was right there. It got stuck when she stopped. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then there was also W. E. Keaton Kennedy, sorry, who had also picked Oida up that morning as a hitchhiker. She had him drop her off across the street from her house so he wouldn't put two and two together. Mm. He didn't drop her off at her house. He dropped her off across the street. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. And all three three witnesses, including the farmer, uh, identif- and identified Oida as the woman that they saw. Mm-hmm. Oida's family seemed to be extremely helpful while she was at the police station. Not really. Earl made a point of frequently getting her snacks and drinks, which she never touched. Um, and Eloise was busy flirting with the young police officer that she would actually briefly marry during the case. Oh, I know. This, this family's kind of useless, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I can't imagine being in the police station because maybe I killed my mother and my brother and sister are Jamie's feeding me and Natasha's flirting. Yeah, yep. <laughs> yep. Love it. Okay, getting a search warrant for the Keaton house would take a couple days, so the sheriff decided to just simply ask Guida if he can search her house, which she agreed to. She did say that Earl had to be present. She wanted, and she also warned him, wanted him to find her purse while he was looking for it. She warned him that he would find a gun in the house. Mm. During the search, they found the fireplace in, Ke- um, in Daisy's room. It was streaked with blood. It had, they had clearly attempted to clean it, but it smelt like it had burnt, been burning for quite a while recently. Mm-hmm. From the fireplace, the sheriff found hair, finger joints, and fingernails. Mm. And I tried not to go into details because everyone can picture how this was. But they also found a lard-like substance dripping through the flooring and pooling under the house. In Oida's fireplace, they found stockings that smelt like gastric juices. Uh, Blood was found around the fireplace and in the bathroom. Both fireplaces and the bathroom had been vigorously cleaned, so much so that the paint had been removed and repainted. There was a large round blood stain on Daisy's bed as well, trailing to the bathroom. In Oida's bathroom, he found uh, a drawer full of baby clothes, even though there was no baby around and Oida was not pregnant. The gun was found not in Oida's purse, but with the baby clothes, which is just... No. Oida claimed to have no idea where this gun came from. She simply found it on the hen's nest one day. Hmm. Yep, totally. Yep. While being questioned in the police station, Oida gave multiple different stories during an extensive questioning period. Like, I think she was there all night. 
They were oh, really gosh. just trying to grill into her to get her to break. Mm-hmm. Um, so originally, we have many stories. The first one is, some of them are really good. Ouida and her mother took a drive out in the country where the car broke down. Daisy agreed to guard the car while Ouida hitchhiked back to town for help. At some point, Daisy got tired of waiting, so she also hitchhiked back to town. Once both women were home, Daisy just decided to go visit Eloise in New Orleans, and the last time Ouida saw her mother was at the train station. Hmm. Yep. Hmm. The next one, Daisy and Ouida were still driving in the country, but they met an elderly lady walking along the road. This elderly lady then hijacked the car because Daisy was, quote, the woman with all the money, in the old lady's words. Both Keaton ladies were blindfolded, and they heard the voices of two other men get into the car. Ouida was informed that her mother was being kidnapped, and she could have her back if she brought $5,000. The men and the old lady didn't give her her car back, so she had to hitchhike back to the, into town. However, after Ouida followed their instructions and returned with the money, they told her that they won't be giving her mother back, but they will be taking her to New Orleans, then releasing her. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. After multiple variations of the same story, Oida finally changed her story. A man came to her house at 2 a.m. He killed Daisy and locked Oida in the closet. This story had a lot less details, but it might be a little bit closer. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm like, mm-hmm. at least we're accepting Daisy is, in fact, dead. Yeah. Yeah. So questions continued with this story, and slowly more details developed. Daisy was standing by the fireplace, and she was hit with the fire poker. But by who? Uh, They repeatedly asked this question until Oida finally gave an answer. Who do you think? Hmm. I think... I think it was possibly Carter. I think he came over to ask Daisy for the blessing to marry the daughter, and they got into an argument, and he just killed her out of rage. That is close to the story you're going to get. Cool. (laughs) So, W.M. Carter, I mean, like, this is so original. W.M. Carter. She told a story of how Daisy was killed by Carter on Saturday night, then he, after he struck her with a fire poker, which is actually legit fear I have. Those things are pointy, and I don't like them. They're so pointy. Oh, my God. Just to, like, I honestly, I don't use the furnace here because I have a theory that the furnace will just, like, abruptly burn the building down. Oh, yeah. But oh, yeah. the fire poker, like, I don't see how you're totally going to trip and it's going to go through your eye or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then he just kept hitting her. He put Daisy's body in the car and left. Where he went, we don't really know. He came back a few hours later with just the legs and told Oida that she would have to do something with them. So then, the next morning, Oida put her mother's legs in her car and drove out to the country. Just like Farmer Saul said, she was she was looking for somewhere to dispose of them, but when she saw the house, she decided to try the other direction. She was going to drop the legs further into the woods, but they were too heavy for her to carry, so she just dropped them as far as she could. When she got back to the car, it was stuck in the mud, but luckily she heard a car coming, this would be Kennedy, who gave her a ride back to Laurel. When asked why Carter would kill her mother, Oida said it was so that they could have more freedom together. Although she gave varying reasons for the argument, later she said that they were arguing about how they raised their children differently, which is just... Okay. Okay. You are cheating on your wife and not raising your kids, and Daisy 
has no idea that her daughter is sleeping with a married man. So really, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. have a leg to stand on, which is yeah. not, a, not not that wasn't supposed to be a pun or anything. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Sabrina. Yes. I mean, Daisy doesn't have any legs to stand on, so. <laughs> she, especially her. <laughs> okay. That night, Alita was charged and put into prison. Uh, this triggered the breakdown that would co- that would last most of her, tr- her trial. She became hysterical and started calling for her mother all night. Oh. Um, Carter was brought in for questioning shortly. He was in a predicament, as he did have an alibi. But his alibi would expose not only one, but two extramarital relationships. All he said was on Sunday he drove to Alabama, then returned Wednesday afternoon. Which is true. Truthfully, he was in Mobile to see Harriet Adams. Mm. He also left out that when he got back on Wednesday, he did stop to see Uita, but that was actually two days after the murder, so... Remember, Oida was engaged at the time and had ended the relationship with Carter. So, for what everyone else was thinking, there was no reason for Carter to be coming over and trying to start a relationship. They chatted in his car for a bit, even discussed the fact that he had gone to see Harriet, who Oida had met previously. I think Harriet had actually stayed with the Keatons at some point. Oh. Yeah, it's just, I don't get it, but okay. Okay. Yes. So had he just started with that, he'd be good. But he mm-hmm. didn't start with that. He needed to keep his uh, dignity intact or his good name intact, mm-hmm. and he ruined it. Oh. So that Monday, Carter was arrested. Uida was only in jail for a day or two when a doctor was called, and they moved her to a hospital to stay there for her trial. She actually successfully managed to just avoid. I think she spends, in total, she spends like a week in jail. Oh, Okay. Um, because the girl is not okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. She was supposed to go back to jail on February 10th, but she was in, had such a fit while she was there that they moved her back to the hospital on the 13th. Um, after this, Awita became mute. Uh-huh. Um, like, throughout the whole trial, she does not... She might as well be asleep. Oh. They said multiple things about her, and, like, they would frequently say something and then look at her to get a reaction, as you do in trial. Not a thing. At, mm. at some point while they were moving the her wheelchair down, she fell out of it. Oh. And she she was mute. She was limp. She just fell out of it. They had to put her back in. She was absolutely not doing anything to help herself. Whoa. The girl had... I don't know the words for it. And in the 30s, they definitely didn't know the words for it. But some sort of breakdown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Prior to this, they had questioned her about Carter... Uh, Awita gave up most of the secrets Carter had been trying to hide. She shared that not only had Carter been having an affair with Harriet, but he had she had actually come to, come to Laurel and stayed with the Keatons. At this point, the remains of Daisy had not been found. Earl was trying to search the swamps for her, but nothing could be found. Um, and literally in the middle of this mess, Eloise married the officer she'd been flirting with. Oh, like I think she married him on the twenty first, and Awita. Did not go to trial until February, so. Oh. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. She married her on the 31st, so a couple days before the trial. Oh. Yes. Which, of course, the media loved. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. One 
newspaper headline was Cupid Enters Murder Case. Oh. And that marriage would last about a year. Mm. Yeah. By February, Awita's trial was moving. Awita was still mute and had mostly communicated by notes. This would continue throughout the trial as Awita would sit perfectly still and not show any emotions and honestly had, like, no sign of consciousness at all other than the fact that her eyes were open. Mm. As one would expect throughout this trial, uh, or so as one would expect, this trial was the talk of the town, and the judge had to actually order people out as overcrowding was making the balcony floor floor buckle. Yeah, yeah, Laurel's not very big. Well, all of Laurel would have been in the um courthouse that week. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, it was a very big deal. The first mm-hmm. day of the trial presented an interesting fact: Oida had taken a class in butchery. Oh. Although in Carter's trial, she would explain that it was more of a class in selecting the best cut to buy at the butchers, and she never did any actual butchering. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I would hold out to this. Like, why would... I don't see in hotel ownership why she would have to learn to butcher. And yeah. why, especially at that time, why would you teach a woman like her to butcher? Mm-hmm. Uh, I am thinking, though, they never touched on this, but... She, they had a hen house. She would have had to cook for her and her mother. She probably did learn how to cut meat. Yeah. At least her. chicken. Yeah. At least chicken. So, and, like, even when you bought a big slab of meat, she would have had to learn how to properly cut it and everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, that, I'm surprised they missed that part. I would have assumed they would have been like, well, a woman's cooking duties include. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but they never did touch that. Yeah. So Awita's team was going to try a couple different um, methods. First, they were going to have the case thrown out as there was no body mm. and challenge the evidence presented. If that didn't work, it didn't. They were going to try to have Awita's confession rejected as it was coerced, which probably could have actually went somewhere <clears throat> because they did. They They were questioning her for most of the night. If all else failed, they were going to push for insanity, which seems to be have to have been what they went for. Mm-hmm. Multiple doctors, nurses, and other testify, other professionals were brought up to testify about Oida's mental state, and that reducing machine was brought up frequently. Like, God, how could a girl want to work out? <laughs> I don't really consider that working out. I mean, like, it, it's a full body shake weight. Yeah. Yeah. So, a doctor declared that she had dementia precox which is a form of schizophrenia which that actually sounds sounds about right and she would have been the right age for it she was in her i think she was in her early 30s when this happened Mm -hmm. and her mother was a lot Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. another suggested that she had no thyroid glands and that many of her glands stopped developing when she was two which, uh, that doesn't make sense. What? Uh, I I don't really see what thyroid has to do with it. Well, and how can, simply, how can many of your glands stop developing when you're two? That means she didn't go through, she wouldn't have gone through puberty. Yeah. yeah. So this, this actually brought out about a day's worth of testimonies. Mm-hmm. Um, and many argued whether or not she could survive with no or undeveloped, underdeveloped glands. Um, I think they finally agreed that that was a pile of crap. Yeah. 
a lot of attention was put on her physical health. Um, she had no reason to not be talking, but this neglects neglects all the mental reasons. Mm-hmm. Like, even if she, even if so, the story is true. Carter killed her mother, and she witnessed it. That'd be a lot. Yeah. Um, she'd yeah. have a breakdown. Yeah. So, but of course, they wouldn't have considered stuff like that at the time. Mm-hmm. She was probably just having hysteria. <laughs> oh, do God. cocaine about it oh. <laughs> so Daisy's lawsuit against Eloise's first husband was brought up Awida should have given the money back to her mother a year or two ago but hadn't and the prosecu- prosecution suggested that Awida was enjoying being in charge for the first time in her life and didn't want to lose that and Awida had in fact also spent a lot of the money most of it was gone oh yes so that could be possible. Mm-hmm. So now let's get a quick timeline of Oida's trial. Uh, Sunday, the 21st, 20th of February. Oh, this is according to her. This is what happened. So, mm-hmm. sorry, 20th of January. Carter left for Alabama, yet some recall seeing his car near the Keaton house. Later that evening, a horrible smell was coming from the house, and Oida was seen with a man. On Monday, Awida took the legs into the woods, hitchhiked back, and got Duckworth to tow her car back. Dan found the legs that evening. On Tuesday, Awida spent the day cleaning and repainting. On Wednesday, Carter was seen talking to Awida outside her house. The jury deliberated for 16 hours when they said they needed a, a day to sleep on it. <clears throat> the next day, they found Awida guilty and sentenced her, sentenced her to life in prison. Mm. Of course, Oida's team went for an appeal, but that didn't change anything. Their, mm. Her sentence stuck. Mm-hmm. Now, for Carter's trial, in May, it took all the way to May. It should have been even further, because at that time, there was, like, a court circuit. The judges mm-hmm. traveled around, and so they had finished up their time in Laurel, and they were supposed to be heading somewhere else. But I think his... Um, and it was supposed to be about a year before they'd be back. But his lawyers pushed to have it done as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's also an older man. His wife is dead and he has children at home. Even though his right. children are grown. They're literally the age of his girlfriend. Right. Yeah. So during Carter's trial in May, the book made it seem that Carter, w- Carter was still very much in love with Weta, Which would make sense if he killed her. Mm-hmm. But not if he is framing her. Or sorry, mm-hmm. other way around. Not if she is framing him. Mm-hmm. But this was the writer's perspective, so I can't say whether that's true or not. The writer also focused on how beautiful Oida was. Either it kind of mixed back and forth, like she was an innocent beauty or kind of like a sexy seductri- seductrist. Mm-hmm. Um, and that part, though, that is probably how the town was talking about her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, depending yeah. on your view on her if Carter did this and she was innocent and just taken by love and if she's framing him then she was convincing a man to do her dirty work or something yep 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 but the majority of the trial was actually spent grilling Oida mm. they were trying to get her to slip up and change her testimony so that the whole thing could be thrown out she com- cl- claimed that she remembered absolutely nothing of that night and that everything she said was that what Carter had told her to say when he visited their house that Wednesday. Um, and that is why things have changed from the first time she was questioned is she's just getting new information to start saying. Mm. 
Mm. Yeah. Oida mostly stuck with the same timeline as before, but she gave more detail now. Carter returned to her house that Sunday night and went to through he went through her bedroom window and shot her mother. This was the first time a gun had entered the story. Mm-hmm. And then he threatened Oida that he would do the same to her if she didn't assist with cleaning and disp- cleaning up and disposing of the body. However, we also have new testimony from a night patrolman. He claims to have heard gunshots Saturday night. He heard two women arguing multiple times, both Saturday and Sunday, but he never heard any men in these arguments. Mm. These arguments were also accusatory. One woman was blaming the other for doing something, and the other one was repeating that she didn't do it. This isn't her fault. Mm. Carter, on the other hand, was not even in Laurel those nights. He was with Harriet in Mobile, Alabama the whole time. All of this came out in trial. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. had he come clean to begin with, the charges would have changed a lot. People's opinions would have changed of him, but, I mean, it happened anyway. Mm-hmm. The jury took 20 hours to find guilt. Carter guilty and sentenced him to life in, in prison. His team also went for appeal. Carter's appeal went a lot better than Ouida's. To begin with, they found that the jury was biased. A member of the jury had expressed their view before the trial and declared that not only was Carter guilty, but he was a son of a bitch. (laughs) Of course. Yup. They also found a forgotten about hitchhiker that could testify Mm -hmm. that Carter was in fact in Mobile Mobile at the time, uh, more than 100 miles away. I don't know how... You'd think that would be the first thing that I would... I gave the guy to, to, a ride to Mobile. He could prove mm-hmm. that I wasn't here. But mm-hmm. apparently, mm-hmm. Carter completely forgot about him. Mm. Eventually, Carter was cleared of guilt and was let go as a free and innocent man. Hmm. Okay. Oida, on the other hand, spent a majority of her sentence in the hospital. She was briefly transferred to the prison for a few, a few years later, but had such a fit that she was sent back to the hospital. She spent less than a week in total in prison. Wow. Yeah. So shortly after Weta's trial, the McCrae's, Maud, Maud's family, had a service for Daisy. The whole family attended, including Oida. It was weird, like, both Oida and Carter spent a lot of time out. Mm. I guess between the appeal, they were afraid. Yeah. 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 So Oida was there. Um, however, three days later, on Oida's birthday, actually, Daisy's legs were buried in the family plot, and none of her children were there. Oh. Yeah. The burial was possibly done at night to prevent an audience from gathering. Mm-hmm. The mason actually made an error when carving the dates in her, into her tombstone and made Daisy only born two years before Oida was, which oh. was fitting, considering none of no one could figure out exactly how old the Keaton women were, and I think... Daisy would have really liked to have only been 25 forever mm-hmm, or 35 mm-hmm. forever. Yeah. But yeah, from what I could gather, Daisy was um very controlling. Yeah. And maybe not everyone's favorite mother. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Carter, on, however, died January 21st, 1949. Uh, while he was declared innocent by the court, his reputation in town never recovered. He did not have a very pleasant life after the child and died in poor health. 
He did, however, live to the age of 81. He was 67 at the time of the trial and died 14 years and one day after Daisy Keaton. None of the pen papers actually mentioned the trial when they announced his death, which is kind of nice. Yeah. He was recognized for his life because I really don't think Carter was involved. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think Carter was stupid. I think he was sleazy, but I don't think he was involved with the murder. Yeah. Yeah. Oida, however, lived, outlived everyone else mentioned in this story. All her siblings died before her, and she died November 11th, 1973, which is so recent. Like, yeah. you know, kind of like that's within my parents' lifetime. Yeah. Um, almost 40 years after the trial, Oida had mostly been forgotten about, and her death went mostly unnoticed. She had mm-hmm. no obituary in any of the papers. Oh. However, the excitement doesn't end there for her, because where she is buried is a little bit questionable. Oh. Book says it is unknown. Um, it would be a safe to assume that she was buried with the other patients in the hospital graveyard. But in the funeral home accounts, she was buried. Her burial spot is simply left blank. Oh. Um, this book is a little bit older, though. I think it was written, well, it would have... Obviously not in the 60s, which is what I was about to say, because it was after Oida died. But it was mm. an older book, so possibly after the book was written, they did find her. Oh. Because I will post a photo of her tombstone to the drive, which means we have a tombstone. Okay. So she's actually buried right beside her mother. Oh. And in town, the rumor is, if you want to find her grave, look for the bare patch of land as grass will not grow over her. Oh. Yes. So the Keaton home was an exciting landmark for a bit, as one could imagine, but Mm. it has been torn down now as well as like the whole neighborhood. Mm. They've added, I don't know what is there. I I think it might be condos. I'm not sure. Oh, okay. Or apartment buildings, but the whole neighborhood's gone. Okay. So as with any crime without witnesses, we may never really know what happened. Wida herself may not even know the full story. I I genuinely don't think she does. Yeah. Or she did. Yeah. Uh, we could put the pieces that we have together and make a suggestion, though. It is possible that Oida and her mother's relationship had been strained for a very long time, and tensions came to a head that night. Oida struck her mother during an argument that the, the night patrolman heard, but Daisy did not die immediately. Once Oida realized what she had done, she put her in the bed, which is where the bloodstains were, and then shot her. Mm-hmm. Then she tried, she desperately tried to clean up and even undo it by trying to make the body disappear, mostly in the fire and down the bathroom drains. Mm-hmm. The night patrol man said he heard an argument between women, two women the next night, which was after Daisy died. Oida had likely been in such shock that she was still having an argument with her mother, filling both roles. Oh. Yes, and I'm thinking if Daisy frequently reprimanded Oida, then that would have been easy to carry on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the watchman said he heard a woman being a one woman accusing the other of doing something and the other one trying to, def- to defend herself. Um, and then after this, we very, me- very well may have just blacked out and doesn't remember much anything else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is the story. Hey, that was a really good case. Thank you. It was um, it was like I said, the book was really good. It was just really detailed. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Every character you need their whole life story. It's in the book. Yeah. Wow. That that's that was a good case. I've never heard of it before. So that that was awesome. Thank you. That's good. 
All right, Sabrina, are you ready for some paranormal stories? I am so excited for this story. Like, my tattoo is literally about one of your stories. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm so excited to do paranormal. Uh, mm, let's, let's just go ahead and jump into it. I have quite a selection for you today. And so, Sabrina, dealer's choice. Would you like a historical story, a musical story, or a supernatural story? Oh, Maddie, you know what I want. Can I please <laughs> have my musical story? Yes, you may. All right. Honestly, That's... I went for quite a bit, so you could... Are you going to do all three, or just the one? I think I'm going to do all three. Okay, good, 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 because I didn't want to lose the others, but I definitely want that one first. All right. All right, so let's hop into The Legend of the Crossroads. So, Sabrina, you know the song, The Devil Went Down to Georgia, right? Uh, I also know a lot of songs about the crossroads, but yes. Mm -hmm. So what is that song about? I actually don't know that specifically song, that specific song. Oh, okay. So like, I know, I know of it, but I don't know that specific one. Okay, okay. Well, it's about the devil went down to Georgia and no he had a, a fiddle contest. And the other guy won and got a fiddle made of gold. Um, well, the devil also goes down to Mississippi, and he's maybe a little nicer. So let's hop into this story. Robert Johnson was born in Hazelhurst, Mississippi, on May 8th, 1911. Robert's mother and father quickly moved to Memphis when Robert was two years old, and Robert grew up in Memphis. They then continued to move around the Mississippi Delta, and he attended a few different schools during his childhood. Robert developed a talent for playing the harmonica and the jaw harp during this time. Robert then married in 1929, but his wife unfortunately died in childbirth. Many people claimed that her death was caused because Robert would sing secular songs that were, quote, that were about, quote, selling your soul to the devil. Well, he wasn't, he wasn't even present for her death. He was actually on tour when that happened. He showed mm -hmm. up a week after, I think. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yep, exactly. So Roberts continued to move around, eventually finding himself in Robertsonville, where a blues man's son house heard Roberts play the harmonica. But when Roberts picked up a guitar and tried to play, it was awful, terrible. Like he didn't have a musical bone in his body. The people would hear him play the guitar and say, quote, what a racket. Get that guitar away from the boy, unquote. This was in 1931, and then Robert's journey to Clarksdale, Mississippi. On a dark and moonless night, Roberts found himself wandering the roads at midnight. While wandering about and playing the guitar, he came to a crossroads and a mysterious stranger appeared. He spoke to Roberts, offering to tune the guitar. Roberts gave him the guitar, and the mysterious stranger tuned it and played a few songs. He then returned it back to Roberts and disappeared. When Roberts returned to the music scene, people were amazed by his new guitar abilities and his unique style. Rumors started to fly that Roberts sold his soul to the devil to have a life as a rock star in his guitar playing abilities. And maybe Roberts did just that, as in his song, The Crossroads, he sang, I went to the crossroad, fell down on my knees. I went to the crossroad, fell down on my knees. 
ask the Lord above, have mercy now, save poor Bob, if you please. Except I don't think it was God that answered him. For Roberts Johnson, he lived a full, although short life without many cares after this. He went on to record a number of songs in Texas in 1936 and 1937. He died in 1938 at the age of 27. The first the member of the 27 Club. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm, I'm sure you're getting into it. I'm just so excited. <laughs> the Crossroads deal was in 1932. So he only lived about six more years after that, supposedly. Now, Robert Johnson is recognized in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and the Blues Hall of Fame and the Grammys Hall of Fame with the titles King of the Delta Blues and, quote, the first ever rock star, unquote. So did he sell his soul to the devil or did he just take a ton of private guitar lessons? The world may never know. And now in Mississippi, if you go to the crossroads of Highway 61 and 49. Yeah, 61 and 49, you'll see that there's a huge monument there talking about the crossroads. Incredibly, I completely missed it while I was there. Really? My dad and I drove in and I noticed Church's Chickens because we don't have it in Canada, but we have one in St. Kitts and it was a really big mm-hmm. deal when it opened. And mm-hmm. I was super excited. I'm like, Dad, look, Churches! And Dad was getting <laughs> frustrated because we'd spent quite a while trying to get here. And he says, Serena, find those goddamn crossroads. And I just happened to look out and we were literally at the intersection. It was like, oh, look, it's right above us. There you go. There you go. And However, you, you've been there. Yeah, I have. However, mm-hmm. you uh, did you pick up on how he played the guitar? Uh, I read that his style was like very unique, how he played the guitar and like how he sang along. He but... would physically face the wall, though. He what? would face the corner of the room so that nobody could see his hands playing. So nobody could copy him. Oh, my research didn't say anything about that. Yeah, because I actually ha- I have both his records, and the cover is a picture of him, or a drawing of him, I should say. There's only, like, three photos of him, mm-hmm. but the drawing is him in the corner of the room, possibly because the acoustics were better that way. I can see that, yeah. But also because apparently he didn't want anyone stealing his style, which at that time, that would have made sense as well, not even for a devil purpose, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's how you made your money. You didn't want other people copying you. True, 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 true. Oh, but that's also very Blair Witchy, and I don't like that. Ugh. Well, I, I can get even Ugh. better, though. Do you know how he died? My research didn't mention it. Maddie! I'm sorry! The, I, hellhound, I, the hellhounds got him! The hellhounds got him? Yeah, well, because he sold his... I, I don't want to take over your story. It's but, okay, you know more than I do, apparently. Well, he sold his soul, and, mm-hmm. of course, at some point, you have to come, you know, return your soul. True. Or you know, make good on the deal, and the hellhounds mm-hmm. got him, he was performing, so Robert never fell in love again, and possibly mm-hmm. because his first wife, that was just so tragic, um, it, she was only like 17 or 16, um, mm-hmm. but he was quite the ladies' man, and it didn't matter if that lady had a man, so he was performing at a bar one night, and the, he was sleeping with the owner's girl wife Mm -hmm. and so the owner made it mixed him a drink gave it to her to give to him because of course he wouldn't accept it from the other man but he'd accept Mm -hmm. it from his lovely girlfriend Mm -hmm. and he spent the next three nights in agonizing pain as he slowly died 
Mm-hmm. And the cause of death on his, apparently the cause of death on his death certificate is simply no doctor available. Whoa. Yes. And he was the first member of the 27 Club, which I definitely think if you are interested in something, there is something there. Oh, for sure. Oh, for because sure. Uh, all the main ones, Kurt Cobain, mm-hmm. uh, Robert Johnson. Oh, God, I used to have all of them. The Doors, Jim Morrison, Janis Joplin, mm-hmm. Jimi Hendrix. Mm-hmm. Um, and even... Uh, most recently, Elvis Presley did not die at 27, but his grandson did. Mm, mm-hmm. So there's weird connections like that everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. 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 Thank you for adding to my story. I, I legit read, like, five or six articles about this and, like, never mentioned it. And even on the official website, like, never mentioned, like, his death or anything. That's wild. Uh, Netflix did a little documentary that I actually thought was really interesting they oh. took a really unique route. It was animated. Oh. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it was interesting enough that, like, the whole family watched it. My dad and I, of course, we watched it because it's Robert Johnson. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of paintings that I don't know if it's a style in the area, but the devil, it's more of, like, um, not quite Pablo Picasso style, but a little impressionist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the whole the whole documentary is reds, blacks, darker colors, impressionist kind of drawings. Oh, interesting. And a lot of his songs are brought in. Um, my family, we personally joke that my dad met the devil at the crossroads. <laughs> not not at all. But the story is, mm-hmm. it's a tall, dark figure that meets him. And mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. Ra- when we rolled up in, in Clarksdale, it was a very depressing day. We were actually kind of going to... We if we didn't find something quick, we would have turned back to Memphis to try to get our hotel mm-hmm. room back. And my dad just happened to lean on the door of the Crossroads Cultural Center. Oh. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, my dad can do. I can't do that, but a big guy can do that. He just mm-hmm. walked in and started talking to people. And there was a guy there. His dad actually has a guitar hanging in uh, Morgan Freeman's bar across the road. Oh. So he's, he's, a descend- he's a big deal to himself, but he's a descendant of big deals. And uh-huh. so he gave my dad a little, and I a little bit of a chat and explained to us that the crossroads was more of a metaphor for life, mm. which I'm like, dude, that's not how your tourism needs it. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me it's, it's the crossroads. And so my dad's a bass player. So the guy gave my dad a little bit of a guitar lesson, mm-hmm. which is useless for my dad, but that's cool. So he was a yeah. big black guy. So we joke that we met the tall, dark figure at the crossroads who taught my dad to play guitar. Oh, my gosh. And we did have to give him 20 bucks uh, in return for one of his CDs. Right, right, so, right, right. Uh, the devil taught my dad guitar for 20 bucks. <laughs> it's weird that it's always, like, crossroads, because in Iceland, if you meet an elf at a crossroad, they'll either do two things. One, make you mad, or two, make you rich. And I mean mad as in, like, crazy, make you go insane. Yeah. So... Yeah. It's it's always the crossroads or something. Well, I do think that guy was on to something. Like the crossroads mm-hmm. probably is a metaphor where you could go one or one or uh, one way or the other way. Oh yeah. Oh, and yeah, so that's sure. that is a good place in life to make a decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, thank you for helping me with that one. I can't help you with the other ones. No, no. But you have so much musical knowledge. It's like amazing so Uh, I really did want to go to Memphis and study it but wow I can't pay for your schools (laughs) yes yes American universities (laughs) yes I just bought all the books I could find Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Okay, so I have two more stories. Would you like the historical one first or the supernatural one? Let's go with the historical one. Historical one, okay. Now, Mississippi has a surprising number of old cities, especially along the Mississippi River, as the river quickly became a major trade route for the north and the south of the United States. Not to mention the during the Civil War, Mississippi was a battleground state with really bloody battles such as the Battle of Vicksburg, the Siege and Battle of Corinth, and the Battle of Iuka. And man, my seventh grade Mississippi history class is really paying off today. <laughs> Um, but I'm taking you to Mississippi's oldest city and the oldest building within the oldest city. So let's go to Natchez and into the King's Tavern. What is the capital of Mississippi? Jackson. That's what I thought. Mm -hmm. Jackson, Mississippi. Yeah. So Natchez is located in southern Mississippi along the Mississippi River. It was established by the French in, in, not 19, in 1716, making it older than America itself and became a trading hub for the French, making it one of the oldest and most important European settlements along the river. When the French lost the Seven Years' War in 1763, the French gave Natchez to the British and it continued to function as a trading hub for the British. The King's Tavern was built in 1769. The King's Tavern wasn't built as a tavern, but as a blockhouse for the fort. So it was supposed to block any cannons that might mm -hmm. attack the fort. Mm -hmm. And fun fact, there is no sawmill in Natchez at the time. So the King's Tavern was built using old wooden beams from New Orleans sailing ships. That's cool, but also feels like that's going to bring in some haunting on its own. Mm -hmm. <laughs> in 1776, the British left the Natchez area because, you know, a little thing called Viva la Revolution for America. <laughs> and in 1780. In 1789, after the Revolutionary War, a New Yorker named Richard King bought the building and made it into the King's Tavern. It was a bustling part of the city and highly successful as there were people coming and going constantly as boatmen and stage riders would often rent rooms for the night. The tavern also had a working bar and would send and receive all of the town's mail. There was um, a, a picture or a drawing of all the townspeople sitting on the steps of the King's Tavern and like waiting for their mail to be given to them. And so Richard King and his wife quickly became celebrities of the town. But all was not very peaceful at the tavern. Dun, the dun, hustle, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> the hustle and bustle of Natchez and the start of the Natchez Trace Parkway attracted the attention of highway robbers who would often attack and kill boatmen who were leaving the tavern to continue on their trade route. The infamous Harp brothers often stayed there at the tavern and they delighted in torturing their victims. I love it. Okay. Mm -hmm. With the invention of the steamboat, however, the town and the tavern slowly became more dangerous as the Natchez Trace Parkway didn't need to be used as much. Um, Richard King sold the tavern in 1817 and it became a private home for the Poster Wraith family for 150 years. The family was 
very private and I couldn't find much about them. Supposedly, Samuel Postlewraith married a lady named Anne and settled in Natchez. He was su supposedly a original stakeholder in the Bank of Mississippi. He had some children. I did manage to find some letters that were written by him, but it was all about business, plantation life, and gossip, and grossly slave trading. Ugh. Because, yeah. Yeah. Because when the king, when he bought the king's tavern, it was converted into a plantation. So very disgusting. And that's all I can say about the Postal Waith family. In 1973, it was sold to investors and reopened as a tavern. And in 2013, it was sold again to new owners. Unfortunately, the tavern today is permanently closed. So now let's get to the hauntings. <laughs> let's see. So Richard King and his wife were celebrities in Natchez and Richard did what many celebrities do. Took, a took up a mistress. <laughs> I love that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Her name was Madeline, and she was reported to be 16 years old and a bartender for the tavern. Yeah, okay. She was reportedly a bright and bubbly young lady. Well, Mrs. King found out about this affair and hired some thugs to kill Madeline, and Madeline disappeared. Yeah, because she's the married one. Mm-hmm. So Madeline disappeared without a trace, at least until the 1930s. The Postlewaite family began to do some renovations on the house, and behind the chimney wall, they discovered three bodies, oh. one female and two male, and a jeweled dagger. The female skeleton is said to be Madeline's body, for the two male bodies, they were said to be other people that pissed off Mrs. King, whether servants or perhaps other lovers. Oh, okay. Spicy! <laughs> yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. The discovery of the bodies seems to have awoken the spirits. That as happens. The as the fireplace is said to emit a heat, even when there's not a fire there. Shattery forms are said to be seen in the stairways. Madeline herself is quite a mischievous spirit in the tavern. Her footprints can be seen on freshly mopped floors, and her apparition has been seen by patrons and employees. She likes to knock jars off of counters and pour water from the ceiling. Chairs will rock by themselves and doors were open and shut by themselves. If you call her name in the tavern, a door will just suddenly slam shut as she answers you. And she has even been caught on an EVP done by a Natchez news crew. Oh, that's cool. Mm -hmm. Not even like a paranormal like society or anything. On the evening news, they caught an EVP. That, that's actually it. really impressive. Yeah, it's, it's insane. So, while Madeline is mischievous, there's another entity there that is said to be much darker. This entity is a man with a top hat. 
people aren't sure if he's someone Slenderman. who was murdered. Yeah. <laughs> yes. People aren't sure if he's someone who was murdered there, or Richard King himself, or one of the outlaws that stayed there. Some people think it's the famous outlaw Sam Mason. It is said that sometimes his face will appear in pictures by the fireplace. People feel a tightness in their chest and shoulders and a pressure on their chest, like someone is pressing on them. That's uh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Dishes have been thrown around aggressively, not in the way that Madeline would knock off jars, but I mean like thrown across the kitchen to try to hit someone. And in one of the mirrors upstairs, the face of a man is said to be seen when you look into the mirror. Love it. Mm -hmm. And there's one more thing about these hauntings at the King's Tavern. So earlier, I mentioned that the Hart brothers would visit the tavern very often. One story goes that Big Harp was staying at the tavern one night, a mother with a fussy baby was staying up in the attic room. Big Harp stormed up to the attic room, snatched the baby from the mother, and threw it at the wall. Okay. So to this day, people and paranormal investigators report recording a baby's cry in the attic. Yep. Yep. So... I have a Yelp review from someone describing their stay at the King's Tavern. So go through my baby on the wall. Will not recommend. <laughs> so quote, we found out that it was haunted after we ate there. I generally am skeptical about this. And, but I mentioned it jokingly to the guy um, when we were paying. The cap on my soft drink literally flew across the table. It was a bottle of root beer. I had opened it, and because there was a random fly flying around, I didn't want it getting in my drink, so I laid the cap on top of the bottle. I did not tighten it at all. When we were waiting for our meal, the top literally flew off the bottle across the table, about three feet. I looked at my husband and jokingly said, either there's some crazy carbonation in this drink, or this place is haunted. I mentioned it to the guy when we checked out, and he said that it is indeed haunted. I'm not sure what to make of that, but I can tell you what I saw, unquote. So that's a pretty tame story, but there was a lot of similar reviews to that. Um, so It has to be also, pretty strong, though, if just regular guests are finding stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's probably Madeline being really mischievous again. Yeah. Just being like, oh, you don't believe I'm here? <laughs> just like slapping it across the table. Um, so that is the King's Tavern. And I learned about this place from uh, a Ghost Adventures episode. I love Ghost Adventures. I just do. It's one of my favorite TV shows to watch. It's, it's a good one to watch. Yes. So they even, literally if, even if you're skeptical, it. it's fun to watch. Yes, yes. And it's old school Ghost Adventures because Nick is still there. And it's not any of the new episodes. And me and my mom watched this episode and we just, oh, we loved it. It was really good. So if you're interested in the King's Tavern, check out the Ghost Adventures episode. Although I think in that episode, they were trying to catch a succubus that was there. 
Oh, okay. Maybe? Can't remember. But God, yeah. I hope it's not what we're calling Madeline now. <laughs> yeah, so check out that episode if you want to know more about the King's Tavern. And that's the King's Tavern and Matches. That was very good. Now, these were all paranormal. So what do you mean by you have a paranormal story now? I have a supernatural story. Oh, okay, okay. Well, then hit me with the supernatural. Okay. Should this I play Carry On My Wayward Son first? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that. This one should be a little shorter. Okay. Okay, so here you go. So, Sabrina, I have to ask, what is your opinion on aliens? Oh, they're totally real. Right? There's right. too much space out there for it to just be us. Right. I think mathematically, it's close to impossible that we're the only thing yeah. in the entire universe. Like, Absolutely. There, there has to be someone or something out there. there. There just has to be. And I think they have visited Earth a couple of times. Oh, they've totally visited Earth a couple times. Totally. Totally. And maybe even one time to Mississippi. Okay. So. Probably more than the Mississippi, but tell me about your one time. Okay. The year is 1973. Because oh, they were totally visiting us that 70. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. Two men, Calvin Parker, 18 years old, and Charlie Hickson, 42 years old, were fishing in the Pastagola River, which is a river that leads up from the Gulf of Mexico. While fishing, the boys saw blue lights flashing behind them. Parker thinks, quote, we're going to jail. We're trespassing on private <laughs> property. It's the cops. We're going to jail. Oh, my God. Blah, blah, blah. So the boys turned around to look at the lights, and the bright lights just engulfed them. It is so much worse. Mm. <laughs> the men saw a 30-foot-long object with a dome on top. It hovered above the ground, and three small creatures came from the machine. Parker described them as robotic-looking creatures and very ugly, with gray skin like an elephant and very robotic movements. The men were suddenly paralyzed, and the creatures grabbed them with pincher-like claws. The pair were then physically examined by a machine that resembled a big eye. Then they were dropped back off with a Probing. puncture in their arm. Mm-hmm. The pair okay. ran to the sheriff's office, telling the police what had happened to them. The sheriffs were skeptical, and they kept the pair in a room with a tape recorder to record them. I and love that they... change, though. Like, oh, no, they're going to find out we're, we're uh, on illegal property. Police, we were on illegal property! <laughs> exactly. Uh, the sheriffs then left the room to see if the pair would lie, or they wanted them to see if they would break the act. But the pair just continued to talk about what happened to them for hours and hours and hours and becoming more and more panicked by what was happening. And so the news story broke the next morning, and by midday, the entire Gulf Coast knew of the abduction, and later it went on to the national news. Now, of course, there are two teams to the stories, the skeptical and the believers. The skeptics believed that Hickson had an episode of sleep paralysis with really realistic hallucinations and that Parker was highly suggestible and just believed his story and went along with it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> they, bought in, they brought in a UFO investigator from Northwestern to check out their stories and 
he found that, yeah, I don't think these guys are lying. So the believers, of course, fully believed the story and showed up in droves to their city with tinfoil hats and waiting <laughs> for the aliens to come back. Just, just making their cause look really good with their tinfoil hats. Yeah. And that's kind of it for Mississippi aliens. Hickson went on to publish a book and went on the talk show circuit during that time. Um, later on in his life, he would continue to give tours around places and talk about his experience. He never made a ton of money from it, though, because skeptics were like, oh, he's just doing this to like as a money grab or whatever. Yeah. But he never made a ton of money. And Parker actually reported that he used to help pay Hickson's electrical bill because that's how tight money was. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so well, I always kind of feel like, you know what? He's not harming anybody if he is. Yeah. And he right. makes money off it. But if he did go through that experience, make money off of it. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and unfortunately, Hickson passed away in 2011. Uh, Parker has published his own book in 2018 and is still giving some talks as well. But he's mostly retired and still sticks to his original story and none of his details have ever changed. So is this a clever hallucination or actual proof of alien interaction? We may never know. And that's the Pascula River abduction. I think I've heard of that one before. Really? Yeah, I think so. Oh, because I hadn't even heard of this one. No, I'm fairly certain. It's Although at the same time, it's tiny little things. Like, I do know of the story where the police leave the recorder in there to see if it changes, and it doesn't change. Uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, however, the story I'm thinking of, I thought one of the boys ended up switching. Mm. But there's Wait. also... There's a lot of cases, so I'm probably thinking of multiple, but I'm sure I've heard of that one, too. Yeah, there's probably some overlap in there. Yes. Well, that was good, though. Thank you. And you gave me three stories. I liked getting options. That was fun. Oh, yes. Of course. Okay. Of course. Of course. So, Miss Maddie, where are we going to go next? So, yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Join us in two weeks as we prepare your flight to Beijing, China. That is a long flight, though, so get some melatonin in there. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I still, I still have, like, PTSD as I sometimes dream of that flight. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, guys, be sure to rate, comment, and share wherever you find your podcast. It's really a great way to help us out. So. And if you have any of your own stories you'd like us to hear about, you can always send them to us on Instagram or in our email. Yes. Or to our email. At gmail.com. Okay. Right. Thanks for listening. And stay terrified. Bye. Bye.